One of the things I think about often is, especially my daughters, you know, because women are more apt, I feel, to sacrifice a lot, a lot, you know, for their kids. I think if they grew up to feel the level of happiness I'm feeling now, would I be satisfied with that? And if the answer is no, I have to up my happiness game because the fact is they will grow up to feel that level of happiness. Daughters consistently adopt some of the baseline emotional energy of their moms because they watch that. Not always. And we can change. I've definitely raised that baseline from what I was raised with through work and effort. But I want to give my kids every emotional advantage I can. So that's why our happiness as moms is absolutely the top priority. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Are you a working mom in the Seattle area? Are you feeling overwhelmed and overloaded? As working moms, we want it all. Career, home, family, friends, health, a nap. But actually having it all is a lot of work. More than any one person can handle on their own. That's why we're so excited about this brand new service founded by a working mom with four kids that's going to help moms conquer their never-ending to-do list so they can regain some joy and balance in their lives. How can it help? There are quite a few ways this service can help moms. First, it can help own and manage your schedule so your schedule doesn't own you. It can help with those pesky home maintenance to-dos that you keep putting off, stuff like researching local pros, compiling quotes, and comparing products. It can also help with keeping up with kids' needs as they grow, stuff like making sure they have clothes that fit, toys they love, and books they can't put down. It can help you put the focus on yourself, at least some of the time, finally making those self-care to-dos a priority and find a little more balance balance in the busyness. Even help with planning the fun stuff so it becomes less of a chore and more fun. Stuff like birthday parties, date nights, and weekend activities for the family. And they need Seattle moms like you to participate in their private beta for free to help inform the development. Are you interested? Go to yolabs.com slash beta. That's Y-O-L-A-B-S dot com slash beta, B-E-T-A. The service is normally $100 a month, but you can be among the first to try it out totally free. Only 25 spaces are left in the Seattle area, so hurry and sign up today. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira and Dina here with you today, and we are well into season five now, which is insane for us. I can't believe we're here, Dina. Can you? No, I'm still pinching myself over here under the staircase. <laughs> So we, are, I'm in my laundry room. Dina's in her coat closet. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm well, but here's what I'm learning. Now that Tell we're me. in summer, yeah. I thought, oh, that cold closet is going to feel so good in the summer. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot that the reverse is also true when something is not getting access to the rest no, of the house. So now no. I'm toasty. It's reminiscent of the laundry room. So so you feel like you're back here with I me. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely having the deja vu of being right next to your dryer. Wow. Well, and we are inching toward that maybe happening, which is really exciting. That like, is. I'm going to actually weep the day that you're <laughs> back here with me in the laundry room. Yeah, I so. think we'll be a little teary. Yeah. Well, 
listeners, I am so excited for our topic today because we have Jen Riday with us from Vibrant Happy Women, the podcast, and we are going to talk about how do we get our sparkle back as parents. And I love this topic because I was saying to Dina before we hit record, like I was, I was pretty sparkly in my youth. I mean. I lived a nice life in London and New York City, and I was pretty darn cool, and now I am not. I am not even a little bit cool anymore, and I feel it. I don't feel sparkly at all, so I'm excited to talk with Jen about this, and like, I think there's a lot of us out there that are feeling this way, like, what happened to me? Where did I go? Um, so I'm going to read her bio and introduce her, and then we will welcome her to the show. Here we go. Jen Riday helps burnt out, overwhelmed moms get off the hamster wheel and find balance so they can love their lives again. Yes, please. As a mom of six with a PhD in human development and family studies and host of the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, Jen gives women tools that work. Tools like the Feel It to Heal It method and the Be Her Morning Ritual. Jen lives with her family just outside of Madison, Wisconsin, and in her free time, she loves hiking, yoga, and napping. Welcome to the show, Jen. <laughs> Thanks, Kira. A fellow Thanks, napper. Kindred I'm a spirit. napping ninja. Yes. <laughs> I love sleeping, but I struggle. I can't nap because if I nap, I what I really want to do is sleep for hours. Mm-hmm. So I'll sleep for like <laughs> four hours. Um, so, But I'm with you on the sleeping. Sleeping is good. Sleeping is good. Well, welcome to the show. Jen, do you want to just start by telling our listeners a little bit about you, your family, the work that you do? And then, as I mentioned, we always start our show with the why behind the what and the how. So maybe the why behind this topic for you. Why is it important to talk about getting our sparkle back? Yes, I'm so happy to be here. So first, I want to preface this. A lot of listeners might have heard, oh, Jen has a PhD and she's a mom of six. She's one of those go get them women <laughs> with the perfect life. And I'm prefacing things right now by saying no. I have six very interesting kids, um, quite quirky and spectrumy, I would say. Uh, some ADHD in there. My husband's a, a quirky, spectrumy scientist. And I say spectrumy because some of my family members choose not to get a diagnosis, but it's there, you know. So I don't have a perfect life. And I'm going to come from the angle of helping you recognize you're not alone and giving three really practical tools that can help anyone listening to get more of that sparkle back. Feel like our genuine, vibrant, happy selves, you know, the selves we all left behind when we became parents. Or yes. Most yes. Of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So why I'm, I talk about this? Well, For myself, I tried to follow that pattern of what perfect parenting looked like. When I became a mom, I would look on Pinterest and see what a birthday party should look like. I baked homemade bread. Like sometimes I would bake 12 loaves of homemade bread at a time. Total overachiever, nerd, (laughs) way overdoing it. Until halfway through my parenting journey, I would say I had a severe miscarriage and it was a really big uh, wake up call because as we drove home from the hospital after that experience, I was just really mad at my life and my world. And and something clicked in my brain and I said, gosh, I have been giving everything to everyone and I am miserable. And and there was this moment in our minivan as we drove home and I thought, I'm going to be happy no matter what. And there was just a shift and everything changed after that. I started prioritizing what I wanted. I started going to yoga classes, telling my husband I wasn't cooking anymore, and (laughs) all of those good shifts that need to happen for many of us. And then it's an ongoing journey of 
analyzing the shoulds I'm feeling are relevant and then asking, are they truly relevant? Should I be worried that my son, you know, one of my sons has a GED instead of a high school degree? I was really worried about that, but I've gotten a new angle on that, um, which is he's an out of the box thinker. Elon Musk was an out of the box thinker. He got a perfect score on two of the GED areas. Mm. So why should I worry that he didn't take the typical path? But it was, mm. I had to use my tools, my three tools I'll be sharing today to make it through that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that is quite a journey. I'm sorry that such a traumatic experience is what was the trigger, but I think it's often that way. You know, we have some mm -hmm. big kind of cataclysmic event and then it ends up being really cathartic for us or we have this moment of clarity. So I'm kind of curious just because even until Kira was talking to me about this before we started recording, I didn't even have, I think, the the definition right about what it means to get your sparkle back. Like when Kira's describing, I feel like a shell of my former self. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense to me. And I told her there is a a family at the school that my son attends where on the back of their minivan, there's a sticker that says, I used to be cool. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, this I can capture. So I guess my, my first question for you is what does this really even mean? Like when we're trying to encapsulate getting your sparkle back, what does that mean? And how would you know if you've lost it? <laughs> yeah, great, great. I love this. So there is a whole spectrum of circumstances that would be categorized as losing your sparkle. Everything from no longer feeling cool, which you're talking about. People who struggle with uh, family issues like I was talking about or, or health issues, divorce, um, child becoming ill, mental health struggles. We can get our sparkle back from all of these things that make us feel like we've lost ourselves. So I think it's all of those, but mm -hmm. I'm happy to talk about any specific area if you prefer, for sure. Do you think sometimes it's like a slippery slope where it's happened a little bit over time and all of a sudden we look back and we're like, wow, I used to be you know, vibrant and I used to really live into my passion and now I don't, but we don't always notice it as it's happening. It kind of, some of what you're describing, I guess, sounds to me like the frog in the boiling water thing. Like oh, can, for sure. Okay. For sure. So in our culture in the US, I think the whole world to some extent, we have this idea that to be a good mom, we need to sacrifice elements of our identity, of the things we like to do, the things that make us unique. And there wouldn't be the stereotype of the soccer mom, quote unquote, or, you know, um, Visco girls is a new quote that uh, category that's coming up that applies to moms now. I don't even know that. My kids said I'm a Visco girl. <laughs> have you heard of this? No. No. <laughs> Well, See, this is up, how everyone. out of touch we are. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think step one is recognizing all these shoulds that are in play for what it means to be a good mom and to evaluate, well, what's important to me? Who am I? What are my priorities? How am I going to show this version of myself, the version that's authentic to my kids instead of shoulding? all over myself mm -hmm. and losing the sparkle because really the sparkle is lost when we all try to be the same to some mm. extent. Wow. That's really powerful. It's so true. That's really, really powerful. We talked a couple episodes ago about like the things that we're not good at and, and how like I don't make sandwiches shaped like sheep um, or dinosaurs. And, <laughs> and 
And that's so true. It's like if everybody's making dinosaur-shaped sandwiches, then we are all the same. That's I hadn't really thought about it like that. So, okay, I need to know what a visco mom is. I'm sorry. And then, and, and then maybe you can share that like first tool that you of the three that you're going to share today. So, visco girls, girls, are, excuse me. Well, no, it applies to moms now too. But visco girls is where it began. And what I understand from my teens is they always carry a hydro flask water bottle. And they're very earthy. They would wear 80s style oversized sweatshirts and t-shirts with a cloth scrunchie in their hair and be concerned about saving the turtles. So (laughs) it's it's the earthy granola mom. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. I am not that. So (laughs) no. (laughs) Me neither. Yeah, I do have a hydro flask. I think that's where it came from. Oh, <laughs> you got lumped in with one well, the, of the, the criteria. The are back, though. They apparently. really yeah, are. So can yeah. we just take a moment for yeah. that? But Okay, yeah. so tell everyone the first tool that they can use as they start to maybe look at ways to get them, themselves back to who they authentically are. Sure. First tool is called the Be Her Morning Ritual, which you referenced at the beginning. We all know about a morning routine. We all know about self-care. A lot of us try to go have a girl's night out or a mani-pedi, at least pre-pandemic, maybe post-pandemic too. But uh, Be Her is an acronym that stands for five things I encourage women to do in the mornings for at least one minute each. On a really good day, you might do them for 30 minutes each. It's totally your call. But the flexibility makes it repeatable. So Be Her stands for breathe and just deep breathing for a while. It could be meditation. It could be the Wim Hof breathing method that is becoming so popular. You know, any kind of breathing just to more hyper oxygenate your blood. Oxygen gives us energy, right? Then we have E for exercise. We all know that's important. Exercise helps our lymph move through our bodies. It increases oxygen to our brains. It is a great, great thing for mood. And then we go to H, hydrate, right? (laughs) If we're not hydrated, we feel low energy and sluggish. E is an interesting one, stands for embody. So there is research out there from people like Amy Cuddy, for example, that when you stand tall and confident and embody a confident person, for example, you will increase your testosterone, lower your cortisol, and actually feel more confident just because you did it in your body. So if we want to feel productive or we want to feel confident or we want to feel happy, we should try to embody that. Maybe you add a few affirmations, just a little bit of mindset and posture work, really. And then finally, R, at the end of Be Her, stands for read. Read something motivating, maybe something spiritual, whatever you choose that just sets you up for the perfect day, hopefully. You've kind of tackled your energy, your body, your mind, your spirit, and you're ready to go. So that's the Be Her morning ritual. Oh, Jen, you're speaking my language. I was just thinking like, Dina, this is why you're like, I haven't lost my sparkle. What are you talking about? Because you do that every (laughs) morning, right? That is literally your ritual. I love setting, I really believe morning sets the tone for our day. But I also have to say, I am the word nerd of the duo here and I (laughs) love acronyms. So I am not kidding, Jen. I just texted that to myself because I was like, I love it. (laughs) And then every time you said one, I was like, yep, I do that. So that's like, so I'm already (laughs) getting my sparkle back because I'm like, oh, that's so affirming. 
So I, I'm not going to like stay there forever, but I just had to tell you that was so <laughs> amazing for me. I got an acronym. I got some affirmation that I'm on the right trail with all my morning stuff that I do. So amazing. Amazing. Okay. What, what's next? I'm not going to just hang out with an acronym joy all morning. What, what's, <laughs> sure. Sure. What's another thing we can do? Number two, as you know, when we make the shift from human to mom, not that they're mutually exclusive, but you get the idea. Independent <laughs> human to mom. It's a huge shift. And we don't know anything about being a mom. We've, we saw our moms do it for us, but that was a whole generation ago and they did it wrong according to current standards. So a lot of us only look around to everyone else and to as to how it's done. It's it's tricky to try to be the alternative mom. So I think a good next step for number two is to get clear on your values and your requirements. So what does this mean? Well, you can look online if you want for a list of values. There's a, a page if you Google 30 values or 72 values. There are sheets of words that you can choose your top five or 10 from. For example, some of us might say that we value our health at the top or our family or spirituality or career or, and, and values can be even more specific, like valuing work ethic or valuing honesty. And there's no pattern. There's no template. There's hundreds of words that describe a value. And a value is nothing more than a thought that you ascribe greater importance to than other thoughts. So if you learned, for example, as a child that hard work ethic is everything and you happen to believe and keep that value as an adult, well, it's a thought you heard a lot of times, you've ascribed importance to it, that's what makes it a value. So it can be anything. So get clear on your top values and then think about what do you require to live a life according to those values? So here's a, an example to illustrate this. I have a friend who married and divorced and then married and then divorced. And by social standards, she was feeling like a pariah. She wanted to marry again, but third marriage, could it possibly succeed? And so she went to a therapist and he talked to her and the rest of the group. It was a group therapy again and again for this 12-week session or 12-week program about their requirements for their spouse. And by the end of this, my friend wrote down something like 87 things on a sheet of paper. And she was completely clear on what she required in a spouse. And she began to date. Some dates would last an hour and then she'd say, oh, this was fun. I'm not going to do it again. Because she was so clear on what was on that list that she could say no like that. Sometimes a date would be five minutes. Sometimes it wouldn't even get past the phone call. But the funny thing is, because she knew exactly what she wanted, the day came when she was out to a meal with a friend and a guy walked into the restaurant. She saw him across the room and she felt this magnetism, as they say. And, uh, you know, long story short, he has 86 of the 87 requirements. And the last one is in progress. And that's powerful to me. And we can do the same thing as, as moms and as women to decide what do I require? I mean, think about that. What would it have been like if we had decided, I require eight hours of sleep. I require one night out alone every week. I require my partner to cook half the meals. I require uh, whatever it is. And to be clear, we can require, we don't have to sacrifice all of that to be a mom. I, 
I, <laughs> this is one of those moments where I wish Dina and I were in the same room because I know what her face looks like right now. Uh-huh. And she knows what my face looks like. And the reason for that, Jen, is that we talk about having a set of values for your family all the time. It's one of the three pillars of our philosophy is have a set of family values and figure out basically what are the requirements to meet those values. But what I love is applying that to us personally, that like we are allowed to also as as humans say, you know, these are my family values. What do I value? What's, what matters to me, Kira, mm-hmm. you know, as a human being and what are the requirements I Love that. So you've now brought us an acronym yep. <laughs> and a set of values. So this is fantastic. So <laughs> what's the third one? Third one is the feel it to heal it method. So emotions. I think society as a whole is gaining emotional intelligence, but when you have a practical tool at your fingertips, it can really help. For example, when the pandemic began, a lot of people I knew A lot of my clients and friends were in a state of anxiety to the extent that they could barely function, at least where I live. And the feel it to heal it method is really good for that kind of situation. Or let's say you have a child who is not going to graduate high school regularly and is getting a GED. You could go where I did and say, oh, no. He's going to have to work at a gas station the rest of his life, or he might not be able to afford an apartment. Nothing wrong with the gas station. That's not what I'm saying, but he might not be able to afford his life. And oh no, what's he going to do? Panic. Or let's say you're having a divorce and you're grieving the loss of the life you had before, of the person you were known as before. All of these things can be heavy. So the feel it to heal it method has four steps and they're simple on paper and interesting in practice. So Number one, you figure out what you're feeling in your body. A lot of emotions are felt in the heart area. So I'd be curious, both of you, Dina and and Kira, what are you feeling in your body right now, your bodies? Just to give an example of what this is like. I'm I'm stressed from my crazy morning (laughs) that I had Mm -hmm. before we started recording. And where, where do you feel that stress in your body? Oh, I always feel that like in my stomach. Okay, cool. I'm gonna ask you another question. How about you, Dina? You know, I'm, this is a growth area for me. Like I can always tell what I'm feeling, but I'm, it's really challenging for me to tie it to what's going on with my body. Mm-hmm. So, but I know that I'm toasty. So I can say that <laughs> um, I, I am warm. I am warm. And I, I, I feel that actually in my elbows right now because my arms are bent on the desk where my microphone is. So you get that like crease sweat it's not I'm not a fan so okay, there you go so we have I, 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 and stressed and yeah <laughs> I'm I'm warm which I I guess that is leading to a feeling of I'm not really I'm not excited about that because I you know I'm clean I just showered this morning so that now is a little stressful sweat. yeah okay excellent so you're doing great you both described what you're feeling in your body uh Kira you named it that's step two um number three you go ahead and just feel the feelings. And one way to do this, and it works well for yourselves, but also really powerful for spouse and kids, just kind of ask yourself questions. Ah, if this feeling were a color, what would it be? If this feeling were a texture, what would it be? Does it have movement? Is it trying to tell me something? That's a powerful question. So let me ask you, Kira, your stress. If it had a color, what would it be? Blue. Okay. And does it have any movement? Mm, yeah, it's like ripply. 
Okay. Uh, if it had a texture, what would it be? Kind of pokey. Pokey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's excellent. She's describing it. Now the final step is to stay with the emotion to, until it begins to change. There's a spectrum of emotion. I think I've used the word spectrum about three times in this interview, but I love it. Um, there's a scale, I should say, of emotion ranging from the lowest vibe emotion, which is shame. And a lot of people, when they're talking about shame, will describe blackness, no movement, like a pit, empty, and it's heavy. And then it moves up a scale through stress where you're at. It's so interesting, Kira, because you talked about blue. The colors shift as you move up the scale all the way up to, say, love or joy or peace. A lot of people will describe pink or golden or yellow, and they'll describe movement. They'll say it looks like birch leaves fluttering in the wind. And it's fun to do this with your kids because if you hear your child saying it's blue, you know they're somewhere in the middle of the emotion scale. If they're talking about yellow, they're probably happier. If they're talking about black, often it's a depression. If they're talking about red, it can be anger. Now, not everyone is a visual learner. So you might say, what do you hear or what do you feel? Because we have kinesthetic and auditory learners. But anyway, the point is, as you stick with feeling that it will dissolve and you will shift back to the the yellow, the happy, the joy, the positive, the fluffy clouds, whatever it is that you see or feel or hear. And you've just gotten yourself through an emotion. And it's not that bad if you realize it's going to move and shift. So that's the feel it to heal it method. So Kira, are you now having a uh, I now joyous have moment? I am. I am. Jen, this is wild. I mean, I know you don't know us or our show really well, but this is sort of nuts because I talk all the time about emotional intelligence and I actually have something called the three N's, which is name it, normalize it, nurture it. So oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I don't know your show. So yeah, this is fantastic. It's, it's We're really it's very, very <laughs> aligned. I'm, I'm sort of blown away right now. It's wonderful though, because- what I love that you've done is you've really <laughs> taken a lot of the stuff that we share time and time again and applied it to us as as our own selves yes. and our own humans. And I mean, what an interesting blind spot for me, you know, like, how do I get my sparkle back? Well, you could just apply the things that you tell parents to do all the time to yourself, Kira. You could do that. <laughs> so I really appreciate that perspective. Thank you. It's important. And I think a lot of people get to this place where they start applying these tools to themselves when all of their kids are in school or kids are teens or maybe even when they empty nest. There comes a place when we say, wait, <laughs> I just did all of that for everyone yeah. else, help them manage emotions and and feel good. And wow, where am I right now? So it's important. And I have daughters, three daughters. I have three sons as well in that order, three sons, then three daughters. And one of the things I think about often is, especially my daughters, you know, because women are more apt, I feel, to sacrifice a lot, a lot, you know, for their kids. I think if they grew up to feel the level of happiness I'm feeling now, would I be satisfied with that? And if the answer is no, I have to up my happiness game because the fact is they will grow up to feel that level of happiness. Daughters consistently adopt some of the baseline emotional energy of their moms because they watch that. Not always. And we can change. I've definitely raised that baseline from what I was raised with through work and effort. But I want to give my kids every emotional 
advantage I can. So that's why our happiness as moms is absolutely the top priority. Yeah, that's very, very well said, because if we want them to be happy, we have to model that. And wow, what a powerful question. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very power. I hope listeners heard that. Can you actually repeat that, please? Because that's so important to be asking ourselves that question. Sure, I'll try. I don't know if I'll get it <laughs> word for word. But, You're like, what did um, I say? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was something like this. Is the happiness I'm modeling or experiencing adequate? for the happiness I hope they'll have as an adult. If the answer is no, then I need to up my happiness game. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And you know what's interesting is I had a question kind of coming into this interview and and your tools answered it for me, which is one of the things that I, I feel like I lost. I'm a singer or I used to be. And, um, you know, used to I used to warm up and sing every day. That was just a ritual. And now I'm just never alone. There's never a moment to just sing and warm up. And I was like, how am I going to, like, if I need that to get my sparkle back, how do I make that happen? That's impossible. People are always home. But that concept of a requirement, what do I require that I could say to my husband, I require one hour a week where you take the kids out of the house so that I can sing. And I just would have never, that would have (laughs) never crossed my mind until you put it that way. Like, what do I require? So I just think this is extremely powerful. Thank you. Can you tell our listeners, like, how can they find you, your podcast, um, connect with you if they want to, what are, give us all the things. Yeah. So my podcast is called Vibrant Happy Women. And it's about just that helping women be the most vibrant and happy version of themselves in an authentic way, not a competitive, you know, soccer mom way. Additionally, I am the founder of the Vibrant Happy Life Coach Certification, where I teach other people how to use these tools in a coaching capacity. And I host the Vibrant Happy Women Club for people who want to practice these tools just for themselves. And everything's at jenrideay.com, I should add. Awesome. And do you have social media handles? Yes. Jen Riday on Facebook and Jen Riday on Instagram as well. Amazing, Jen. Thank you so much for sharing this with our audience. I know probably both of you, Kira and Jen, have had this experience too. But what struck me is how Sometimes if we're hearing something repeatedly, hearing it either from a different person or in a slightly different way is what locks it in. And so I think that really struck me as being so important because as Kira said, there's a lot of alignment here, but the exact manifestation of that or the logistics of it or the tools you suggest are different. And I'm really hopeful that the parents listening will then maybe hear that and apply it in a new and fresh way. And what Kira said is so true too. Our bent is primarily toward parenting. So a lot of these things that we've maybe talked about in the context of family or applying it to your children, it's so important to also turn that inward and do those things for ourselves. So thank you so much for just sharing your expertise with us and with our listeners today. Yeah, I was happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. And we look forward to being back with you again next week. Do check out Jen's website, jenriday.com, and her podcast, Vibrant Happy Women. And uh, as always, you can connect with us at our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, or on Facebook, Instagram, and now Pinterest at Future Focused Parenting. And uh, we hope to connect with you, whether it's on social media or through the website. We love hearing from you. So don't hesitate to reach 
reach out. Uh, we love connecting anytime, anytime we can. We will be back with you next week. Have a wonderful week, FFPs. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Editing by the amazing Allison Preisinger. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>